0: Welcome to Beside the Burn for Monday, the 26th of September. We're into chapters 2 and 3 this week of the book of Revelation and we are finding the revealing of Jesus. And this week in particular, we're having the revealing of the church. We're being given this insight into how Jesus Christ views the church, what the church is doing Uh, what it should be doing, what it shouldn't be doing. Really, the church is uncovered for us to see how this organisation that Jesus has set up has been put in place for our benefit and for the express purpose of of bringing believers together and sharing the good news of the gospel out into the world. I suppose chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation are among the easiest to understand because it's quite simply seven letters that have been written to seven congregations in Asia and they're quite straightforward. Jesus speaks to them, he gives them a message, he tells them what he knows and what he wants them to do and there's nothing terribly complicated about it. We read through them and we are either encouraged or we're chastised So today we're going to look at verses 1 to 7, which is the letter to the church in Ephesus. Uh, We know of the church in Ephesus because we have Paul's letter to the church there. And um, you can read that if you want another insight into this church. Uh, And then later on in the week, a couple of days, we'll cover a couple of the letters uh, just to fit them all in before Friday. So let's simply read and and, and see what we find out uh, to the church in Ephesus. So verse 1, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Now you remember at the end of chapter 1, this is what we're told Jesus is doing. He's holding um, these seven stars in his right hand and he's walking uh, among the seven golden lampstands. The lampstands are the church and th- th- the thought seems to be that the stars also represent the church that they're the angels of the church the messengers of the church as it were. and jesus is holding them in his right hand because they're precious to him he's holding on to them he's keeping them close to himself he's protecting them and then the seven lump stands are the actual churches Uh, Being a light to the world, and Jesus is moving among the lampstands. So he's setting up who it is that's speaking to the church here, what the credentials of this person are, why you should listen to what this person has to say, because they know the church. And indeed, as I said on Sunday, that's how Jesus begins. He uses this uh, little phrase I know. Jesus cares for the church, Jesus is interested in the church. Jesus knows about the church and we take great comfort in that today that wherever we are Jesus knows our situation he knows the problems we're facing he knows the difficulties that we're going through he knows the challenges that are there for the church nothing surprises him and as we turn to him we recognize who he is and we recognize the extent of his power so he says I know your deeds and your hard work and your perseverance. So he's commending them for all that they've been doing and the way that they have been Uh, seeking to share the good news. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. This is a wonderful testimony of a church and you can imagine the people of the church in Ephesus as they are reading this are sitting back at this point congratulating themselves saying look we have been faithful we have been doing this and you can imagine as this letter is passed around um, all seven churches they get to read what's been said to the other churches and if you were sitting in one of the churches that you knew there were problems and you'd be sitting thinking at this point well Ephesus seemed to have got it right everything's going well there But because Jesus knows the church, even the best church, which is doing things well, has problems. And Jesus says to them, yet I hold this against you. I hold this against you. Jesus knows. He's speaking from experience here. This is not based on hearsay. It's not based on random accounts or lies. This is based on his own experience you have forsaken the love you had at first. What a damning indictment on any church. And is this a, a, um, an accusation that can be made against us? You've forsaken the love you had at first. So the question is, what do they love? What, obviously, the love they had at first was for Jesus Christ, But what has now replaced that? What are they doing now that is different from when they began? And you've got to remember, these are early churches. They haven't been around for a long time, so they haven't had a long time to get caught up in tradition and they haven't had a long time to get caught up in the things of the world. But for some reason, they've forsaken Jesus and they've put something else in its place. If Jesus was saying this to us today, what have we put in place of him in our church? What is it that we are more concerned about than Jesus Christ? Because whatever it is, is going to take away from Jesus. For some, it will be buildings. We're more interested in the building that we have than we are in Jesus Christ. For others, it will be numbers on a Sunday. We're more interested in the number of people that are there than we are about meeting Jesus Christ. And we need to make sure that Jesus is our top priority. That doesn't mean to say we shouldn't care about our buildings or we shouldn't care about numbers, but it means that Jesus has to be the priority Verse 5, consider how far you have fallen. So what are they to do then? They are to repent. Repent and do the things you did at first. That's all Jesus is asking us to do. He's not asking us to put any great program into action. He's not asking us to follow a five-step plan to evangelise your community. He's telling us to do the things that we did at first. Loving Jesus prioritising Jesus, telling others about Jesus. If you do not repent, I will come to you and here is the clinching deal. I will remove your lampstand from its place. The light will be extinguished. This church will be no more. But you have this in your favour. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. They weren't being taken in by false teaching. They were standing up for the truth. So Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Here we are in the book of Revelation and we're being taken right back to Genesis, and the tree of life and the paradise of Eden. And we're being told that If we are faithful, if we hear these words and we do what they say, then we will be victorious, we will be conquerors, we will overcome the sin of this world and we will be allowed to eat from the tree of life, we will be given eternal life. So that's the letter to the first church. And you can see it's easy enough to read through. We can understand it. It's not a complicated bit of revelation. This is referring to what is happening right now. This letter to the church refers to our lives today. And then later on in Revelation, we'll be given a glimpse into heaven and what's happening in heaven as the church is doing this on earth. What's going on in heaven? What's causing this false teaching of the Nicolaitans? What's causing um, this church to lose its first love? What is Satan doing? So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray that we might never forsake our first love, that we might turn to Jesus Christ and do the things that we did at first and love Jesus more and more and trust in him. Lord, help us to do that today, we pray. Amen.